Hello. Thank you for listening to the sermon from our Revive service. We hope it helps you learn more about God and allows you to grow closer to Him and in your faith. All right. There we go. Thanks, Vince. Um, we're blessed, aren't we? We have a great God who gives people great gifts, and uh, it's awesome to see when people use those gifts for his glory. And uh, Vince, he said that after the song that you sang, so maybe you should sing more. I think that's what he was saying. Isaiah 7, the prophet Isaiah is writing, and he says this, he says, therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, a virgin will conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Emmanuel means God with us. This morning, as we continue our series on incarnation, um, we want to look at this term Emmanuel, meaning God with us. Matthew um, chapter 1, verse 20 Matthew records it this way when he, uh, when the angel talks to Joseph, and he says this in Matthew 1, 20 through 23, he says, but as he considered these things, this is Joseph, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus. For he will save his people from their sins. We looked at that last week. He will call his name Jesus. Verse 22. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. What prophet, you say? Well, the prophet Isaiah from Isaiah 7 that we just read. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. Will you pray with me, Lord, we're thankful for the opportunity to gather here in this place to worship you. With the different gifts and abilities that you've given to each one of us, you have made us each unique, and yet we are all created in your image. We look around and we see one another and we see you. We see your handiwork in all of creation. You, Lord, are not an invisible God where we are never able to see who you are, and yet you have given us uh, evidences of you being the perfect, great God, creator. And we see that in one another. We see also your handiwork in creation. We also see you in Jesus. And the fact that Jesus came to live and to die for us, but that we are also, we get to experience you, God, being with us. What a gift that is. And we thank you so much for that. Lord, May you bless this time of looking in your word. May it challenge us, convict us, draw our hearts closer to your heart, Lord. And we pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. In Jesus, when we think about him, you know, Jesus does the things that we expect God to do, right? It's a little book that, uh, that I've read through and that's been helpful. It's called Incarnation. Um, Rediscovering the Significance of Christmas by uh, Adam Hamilton. And, uh, and he says this, 
Throughout the gospel, Jesus is shown to do the things we would expect God to do. He heals the sick. He opens the eyes of the blind. He forgives sinners. He miraculously feeds the multitudes and even raises the dead. He controls nature. He walks on water. He casts out demons and he conquers death. In a way, that was never true for Isaiah's Emmanuel because Isaiah is talking as a prophet for the promise of that time. But when Matthew records for us the Emmanuel of Jesus, it was God with us, God coming to you and I. Unfortunately, a lot of us live life at different times in our lives in fear. What's amazing is as, as we read throughout Scripture, over and over again, as God and as angels appear before men, there's a constant theme that they say very, very quickly. When they appear, when they come, what is the term? They say, fear not. Don't fear. Don't be afraid. And we don't have to be afraid today. And here's the reason why. Because Jesus came. The incarnation, the Bible's Christmas message, the fact that Jesus came, he is our Emmanuel, God with us. As I was reading and thinking about this, there are some who would make a statement like this, and maybe you have, that God would come so that he would actually know what we are experiencing. Sounds like an okay statement, right? Jesus coming so that he would know what it means to be human, to be man. Here's the fallacy of that statement. It's prideful. It's an arrogant statement. Do you believe that God knows all? God didn't have to come in human form in order to know what we are experiencing. Let's face it. We needed God to come in human form so that we could be confident that God knows what it feels like to be tempted, to love, to hunger, to have joy and sorrow, to fear, to experience friendship, rejection, disappointment, to have doubt, to have faith, to bleed, to be naked, to suffer, to die, to live, to sing, to be angry, did God have to come in order to know what all this felt like? God didn't have to come so that he could know what that feels like. No, it gives us great confidence to know that our God cares so much for us, about you and about me, that he would become like us, human, so that we would know that Jesus experienced everything that we experience. And that I can confidently put my trust in him. I can believe that God has experienced all that I have, all that I am experiencing, and all that I will be experiencing. What's it feel like as you walk through life and you experience something? And then you realize that there is somebody else who's already walked through that. Somebody who's already walked through cancer, the loss of a loved one, 
suicide or divorce, the loss of a job, the loss of a child, a baby, somebody who's experienced sleepless nights, somebody who's experienced the joy of graduation or the joy of marriage or the difficulties of marriage. See, the difference is real when you are walking through the time and that experience to have somebody alongside of you who has already experienced it. That's our Savior, Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. Jesus, in the book of Hebrews, verse 4, verse 15, chapter 4, verse 15 says this, so we do not have a high priest. It's talking about Jesus going as a high priest, offering a sacrifice, unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect was tempted. He was tested. And yet, even though as like we, he did it without sinning. He's perfect. He's our example. So we walk with a God who knows it all. We pray to a God who has experienced it all. And he's come out on the other side victorious. The God who spoke creation into being did not just come in human form as an appearance. But he actually experienced it. And he lived as you and I do. God has come to us. And we, mankind, got to see his image. The image of the invisible God, Colossians 1.15. But before we do that, I want to take you back to the Old Testament. Because what's interesting is Jesus comes and he shares with his disciples and he shares with those who are followers of his. The New Testament isn't written. And so as he continues to provide instruction and encouragement to them, they have the Old Testament. They don't have the New Testament. And I think sometimes we're quickly, we quickly run to the New Testament today, which is applicable, which is good. It applies to us as the church. But the Old Testament is just as applicable to us today as it was to those early believers in Jesus' time. So take note of what Jesus refers to as he points back to the Old Testament. We'll start in the book of Genesis when we think about living this life And we often think that we live it alone. No, we don't live life alone. We don't live as one who has no hope. We have this great hope, and it's found in Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. And back in the book of Genesis, as God is talking to Jacob, he says in Genesis 28, 15, Jacob, I am with you, and I will keep you wherever you go. What a great comfort that is. Then we go on and we look at Deuteronomy 31, verse 6. Be strong and courageous. Do not fear or be in dread of them, for it is the Lord your God who goes with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. And then we jump to Joshua, and we, most of us, a lot of us know this story of Joshua. He takes over for Moses, right? Moses is the main man. Who can replace Moses, right? Well, Joshua is to come to lead the nation of Israel, and we know this. 
We've, we memorize this in VBS or at an early age in our lives, Joshua 1.9. Have I not commanded you, Joshua, to be strong and courageous? Do not be frightened. Do not be dismayed. For why? For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Psalm 139, if you have your Bible, you can flip there real quick. Psalm 139, a familiar, again, passage where we ask, David is asking the Lord to search his heart and to know him. He is working through the sin that he has realized the guilt and the hardship of. He also realizes how much God loves him and cares for him, how God has created him and in verse 6 of Psalm 139, it says, Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It's so high I cannot attain it. And then in verse 7, he says this, Where shall I go from your spirit? Or where should I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in shoal, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely darkness shall cover me, and the light about me is night, even the darkness is not dark to you. The night is bright as day, for darkness is as light with you. What David is saying is, you can't run away from God. He's always there. Isaiah 41, verse 10. Fear not, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Now, flip over, if you would, to Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 13. Hebrews 13, verses 5 and 6. Keep your life free from love of money and be content with what you have. For he has said, what? Keep your life free from money and be content with what you have. For he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Do you see the quotation marks? The promise that was given to Joshua and Joshua 1.9 isn't just for Joshua at that time. What we see is the Old Testament is just as applicable to us today as it was back then. And the writer of Hebrews is helping us to see why do we need to be lovers of money? Why do we need to obtain these worldly things? Let's not pursue the things that, that can hinder us. Or that may cause us anxiety, and yet he says this, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we can confidently say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear what can man do to me. Psalm 118. So what we see throughout this is that we do not have to fear. That we have a God who has come to us, who walks with us each day. You don't ever have to wonder if you're alone. All you need to do is be reminded of that name, Emmanuel. That God is with you. 
the creator of the universe, saw fit to send his son. And at the right time, Jesus came. Not only to be the king, not only to be our savior, but to be the God who is always with us. You are never alone. So in those moments when you feel alone, you need to remember and you need to remind yourself that God is with you wherever you go. Will you pray with me? Lord, thank you for this morning. Thank you for the opportunity, again, to be reminded of your goodness. That God took on flesh and as a human being came to this earth. That the incarnation The Bible's Christmas message speaks to us so boldly that you are a God who loves us and cares for us. Thank you for not only telling us that, Lord, but also showing that to us. You didn't just tell us. Christ didn't just come being the Messiah to rule through his words, but he came to deliver us, to deliver us from the bondage of sin, to rescue us from ourselves and our disobedience, and to allow us to have an eternal relationship with you. You invite us, Lord, to have that relationship. And in return, we we have to place our faith and our trust in you. In Jesus, that Jesus came, that he lived a perfect and sinless life. Even though he came in human form and was tempted as we are, he did not sin. He died on the cross, taking the weight of our sin and the punishment that we deserved. And his blood was poured out so that we could have the forgiveness of sin. Jesus was buried and he rose again three days later and he conquered sin and death. Jesus, our Emmanuel, the God who is with us, showed us what it's like to overcome. And he overcame sin and death and he paves the way for us if we will place our faith and trust in him. So I pray, Lord, if there's anyone sitting here this morning or listening, that if they haven't yet followed Jesus by placing their trust in him, that they would come to this place and this time, that they would ask Jesus to be their Savior, to forgive them of their sin and come into their heart and to be their God, to claim him as King, as Savior, and Emmanuel. For those of us who have claimed Jesus as our Savior, our King, our Emmanuel, help us to be reminded and help us to live. To live in great confidence that our God is with us. We pray this in the name of Jesus, Messiah, our King, our Savior, our Emmanuel. Amen.